Welcome back to episode 28 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of February 12th, 2018. We have baseball again, Darvish has finally landed, and we are going to break down the NL Central. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. Going around the table in the front office with me are Keith, Phil, and Todd. All right, kicking off tonight's show, guys, we have a major signing. You Darvish has landed in Chicago. Phil, what insight do you have on Darvish and his impact? Strange how you got to me first. <laughs> Nothing enrages me more than watching the Cubs sign someone the Cardinals clearly should have been trying to go after. Yeah, pretty much the, the Cubs keep signing everyone that the Cardinals want, or the Cardinals fans at least. I don't even know if the front office wants anybody at this point. But yeah, so good for the Cubs. Uh, bigger distance now between the Cardinals. Looks pathetic. It really does. You need the Cardinals to sign somebody for Phil's sanity. My just health. My moral health, yeah. my heart, everything about me is wow. Or just trade like three of the young guys away for Archer. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> Whatever. Watch him resign Lynn. We'll just make you an honorary D back at this you time. You know what? I'm about to be a Pirates fan and a D backs fan just hey. because. Keith, do you have any additional insight? <laughs> I think from a fantasy aspect, it doesn't really change Darvish's value too much. I think it was a little bit overstated, his struggles in the postseason. Um, I like his, if you want to even call it bounce back, opportunity for 2018. I haven't picked him up in any drafts yet, but um, definitely will have a few shares this year. You know, he's a guy who's coming from the Rangers, so obviously the ballpark factor can't get any worse. I uh, made 31 starts last year, proved he can be healthy, so Darvish is going to be pretty much what he's been his whole career. Alright, this is some late breaking news here coming through on the waiver wire today. Trevor Plouffe signing with Texas, looking to be a bench role, former third base starter for the Twins. Uh, does he have any fantasy impact in later drafts? Maybe AL only? It would have to be a pretty deep AL only league for me to take a shot on Plouffe um, he's been really good at times in his career, but uh, I, I don't think he's going to get nearly enough at bats to bring back any kind of return as far as fantasy value in 2018. I might be putting a claim in for him in the listener league, but watch out. <laughs> I don't even know if he's owned. I don't know either. <laughs> Checks. I doubt it. And we do have some St. Louis Cardinals news here, Phil. Bud Norris. So the Cubs got Darvish, right? Yeah. He's an ace. Uh-huh. And then yep, pretty much. the Cardinals, they got Bud Norris, right? Yeah. He's got like a four and a half ERA for his career, right? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to check on that. Just keeping score there. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure the front office uh, knows about what's going on in Chicago. So do you want to take Bud Norris against Darvish in a board bet? Is that what you're saying? Like you want Norris, <laughs> I'll take Darvish? I think the Cardinals front office would. Okay. I don't know if they'd win that board bet, though. So some interesting news coming out of this signing is 
because they're not even expecting him to be a bullpen arm. Let's see. St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports that Norris will also be given an opportunity to start in the event that the Cardinals decide one or more of the younger arms need more seasoning in the minors. That just makes bad news even worse, to be quite frank with you. <laughs> I know. Yikes. I'll be honest. I, I, I think that's a terrible idea. I actually <laughs> thought Bud Norris had a really good year last year, and I we were talking about him on the pod quite a bit, and he kind of became a much better pitcher in the bullpen role and putting him back in the rotation just scares me jesus i'm literally with a lighter in my hand right now and i'm about to burn my house down (laughs) (laughs) let me let me break down norris a little bit uh this is coming from mlb trade rumors they did a really good write-up on this uh how his season broke down Uh, a lot of his success in the bullpen due to his change in pitch selection Uh, he's abandoned his four-seam fastball changed that out for a cutter and a sinker and all up until the second half when he had that knee injury he was pitching lights out in 36 innings prior to the all-star break he had a 2-2-3 era backed by a 2-9-6 fip and and even a 321 XFIP, almost 12 Ks per nine with a 48% ground ball rate. Once he came back, the injuries didn't help. He gave up back-to-back grand slams in a couple games and instantly just inflated everything on his ERA. So he's somebody to watch if they use him in the bullpen, but we'll definitely get to talking about that here in a little bit. Well, also he's going from um, Andrelton Simmons at shortstop to Paul DeYoung. I'm not really great at defensive metrics, but I'm pretty sure that one is better than the other. Not the Cardinal one. (laughs) For sure. Well, the good news is Norris has a career 4-9 ERA as a reliever, but a career 4-4 ERA as a starter. So. Oh, well, hey, <laughs> there you go. there's upside. Eh? There you go, sabermetrics. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to dive into NL Central bullpens after the break. And diving into the bullpens here in the NL Central, let's roll through these in order of established closers to the more perplexing ones. Bud Norris. Yeah, uh, we'll get to him. (laughs) Starting off, we're going to head to Milwaukee, where Corey Kniebel pretty much has that closer position locked down. What kind of outlook are we looking at with the Brewers this year in that bullpen? Well, I think you pretty much said it right there. I mean, Corey Knievel is just a monster, um, probably top five overall as far as, um, you know, closers in the game. Uh, I don't see too many people out there that are going to get a strikeout rate as high as his, but uh, let's see. Yeah, 14.9 K per nine last year. Ouch. Yeah. Amazing. And, the, and, the, and the, they're throwing Hater out there uh, in the bullpen apparently this year too. So watch out for him because he could have a bump in his strikeout rate too. Yeah, they are looking at Hater as a multi-inning Andrew Miller type this year. And then their setup guy, Jacob Barnes, uh, 10 even K per nine last year. Had a year at four, but I know I remember last year he had kind of a rough July, I believe, July or August. So that kind of ballooned at ERA. He had a 2-7 year before, but that's probably going to be their eighth inning guy going into the season. And you can't count out uh, Matt Albers either. He was oh, yeah. a free agent signing. Also, Boone Logan is an interesting name to keep on the radar. Keith, any thoughts on the Brewers? Nable's awesome. Get a baseball. <laughs> that might be one of the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. 
to give ourselves a little bit of credit, we talked about Knable early, early on last year as being a top option at closer. And now we're coming into 2018, and I think he's universally probably being drafted as the number five-ish closer off the board. So, um, you know, keep listening. Hopefully we'll have some more, you know, insights like that that'll help you win your leagues like last year. Some insights and hot takes. Well, let's turn to Cincinnati. Rysel Iglesias, pretty much he's the man to go with there in Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on the Reds' bullpen here, Keith? You know what? I actually don't know too much on Iglesias. Um, I I think he's at times been really, really good. Um, I, I worry a little bit about what his sustainability in that role is. I mean, he has really, really good stuff. I just don't know if it's like top 10, top 12 closers type stuff. It is. I mean, he had 92 strikeouts in 76 innings last year. He had a 1.1 whip, 249 ERA. The year before, 253 ERA. Uh, He had some issues with his shoulder, I believe, whenever he was a starter. So they threw him in the pen. Ever since I've thrown in the pen, he's been absolutely dominant. Yeah, he, he's been awesome since becoming a closer. And behind the Glacius, though, there's not a lot of hold options on this team. Lorenzen was the eighth inning guy last year. Kind of struggled a bit, not a ton of strikeouts. And then they have David Hernandez now, too. But that's that's definitely kind of a wasteland for holds. But I Iglesias is very underrated, probably because he's in Cincinnati. But he's the real deal, for sure. All right, we are going to turn our attention to Pittsburgh, where we discussed this briefly a couple shows goes back where Felipe Rivera has pretty much locked down that closer position by signing a three-year deal. Todd, what's the upside of the Pittsburgh bullpen here? With a point that Phil brought up a couple weeks ago is usually bad teams, they win a lot of close games. And I think that the Pirates should hang around 75 wins this year. So they're not going to be absolutely brutal, but Rivero, he's an elite. He has elite stuff. 10.5K per nine last year, 167 ERA, uh, appeared in over 70 games. Rivero, for me, is a top five closer. Might be a little biased, but I think he's a walk in the top 10. Uh, behind him, Contos will open up as the eighth inning guy, George Contos. So if you're looking for holds, that's an intriguing option. He had 10 last year at the Pirates in uh, two months. So that's pretty much a Pirate breakdown. Those are the two main guys. Everyone after that, they have a lot of projects. Not really anyone I'm too interested in, but Rivera at closer and Contos in eight. That's kind of what you need to know. The, the one thing about Felipe Rivero, and I think I brought it up on the previous pod, is that the Pirates have shown that they will trade their closer if they don't think that they're going to be needing him in the playoffs. So I think he might get flipped at some point in the season. So if you have a league that's just a save league, like the great fantasy baseball invitational that we're all in, um, I don't think I think he's really risky there because I think at some point he's going to get flipped to someone that's not going to have him as a closer. And I think you're just going to get elite ratios from that point forward. Way cheaper than a, a 100, 100 overall pick. But I'm, I'm not sure about that because the last two closes they had, when they had Hanrahan, that was on the final deal of his uh, contract. They traded Melanson with two months left on his contract. Um, they locked up Rivero. It's a three-year deal, but there's three team options, I mean, after that. So it's essentially a six-year deal. So I think, at least for now, Rivero is going to be a centerpiece of the rebuild. He's under contract for six years on a great deal. So I I'm and, and I actually think he's actually at the end of end of a tier for me. I, I I'd rather have him at pick 100 than Chapman at pick 70. I think, and I, I don't think it's really even close. I think, and I think he could slip further in drafts if any position slips or falls depending upon league format. I think closer is the one that maybe catcher is the other one. Um, but if he falls to you know the 120 range or 130 range, or, or your league's not giving him the credit that he deserves, um, I absolutely would like to own him in in several drafts 
class this year. So I think he's going to be number, one of my number one targets, I think, as far as, you know, saves leagues. And a guy that if you're really needing a player to follow on Twitter for entertaining insight, Daniel Hudson in the Pittsburgh bullpen. <laughs> Former D-back, he is always one for a good quip. All right, let's look at the Chicago Cubs. Uh, We discussed this earlier this year with the Brandon Morrow signing. It's looking like he probably will get first chance at the closing role. But what else is there in this Chicago bullpen here, Keith? I've said before, I think he's the one that I definitely want to own. and He's not being drafted anywhere close to that that top tier. I mean, so I'll end up with him probably in most of my leagues if he doesn't get the credit that he's deserved. I mean, he had an incredible year last year, and I don't see any reason why he can't kind of continue with that pace. Their whole bullpen really is pretty dominant. Uh, they have a lot of guys that have potential to throw 80 to 100 strikeouts, a low three to a sub three uh, ERA, one to 1.1 whip. It's really scary what they've assembled up there. Um, their, their starting pitching's not great. They just added Darvish, obviously, but the bullpen itself is pretty freaking nasty. So I think Brandon Morrow is a guy who has the potential of being probably the top steal at the close position in the entire draft. Um, statistically speaking, he had a better season than Wade Davis last year, obviously out of the eighth inning instead of closing. 155 fib last year, which is insane. He's finally healthy. He was able to pitch an entire season at the Dodgers, fully healthy, and that's just been the problem of his career so there is major health risk but if he you know if he's healthy he's going to be the closer and closing for the cubs as we saw from wade davis is a pretty solid gig fancy was what's crazy is that steve steve c-shack had pretty much the same year last year as brandon morrow and yeah. no no one's even talking about him how he had a two era and a sub one whip last year too and uh he's proven you know over over the last few years i mean he's had off years but when he was with the cardinals he had two good years in a row he was an all-star I think he was really good whenever he was down with the Astros as well. So, or wait, no, it was the Marlins. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's, he's a guy that's been around. So I think he could even get a crack at some saves. Well, between him, you've got Justin Wilson, who also has been a strong left-handed relief pitcher, did some good work there in Detroit last year before the trade. Pedro Strope is kind of iffy. Carl Edwards Jr. is another name that keeps popping up and potentially getting save opportunities. A lot of good arms in this bullpen, and if you're thin in a holds league, you might just grab two or three of them. Man, that's a really good bullpen. (laughs) And going from that bullpen, let's head to... St. Louis. Oh, God. (laughs) Phil, take it away. What do you see shaking out in this bullpen? Anger, frustration, torches and and pickaxes. No, but for real, though, Dominic Leone, the guy they just traded for, I think he has probably the an outside chance of being the closer, even though the manager that must not be named, he's not very bright. So I don't know if he's actually going to use him. He's probably going to use somebody like Tyler Lyons or Luke Gregerson or, God, someone that should not be closing. The aforementioned Bud Norris? Oh, please don't. Yes, please don't. Well, and there's also the possibility of Alex Reyes coming back and being dominant out of the pen and taking over that role. I, I just don't think they want him to do that, though. That's the problem. I don't think they want to to get him into that role because I don't think they want him to stick there. I know they did that with Adam Wainwright whenever this was when they had a smart manager running things. So I I just don't think that that's something that the team wants to do. I really, truly hope that that's not where they go with him. I think he's he's got front of the rotation stuff and that's where he needs to be. Right. I I mean, I believe they were talking about him coming off of surgery and filling more Andrew Miller type multiple innings 
being dominant outings. Right. And and that's and that's now, the look, thing. At pick like three fifty, right? So like not even being drafted in standard leagues as like your last pick in a draft. Why can't Luke Gregerson hold on to the closer spot in, in St. Louis? Because he has a four and a half ERA. He didn't have a four and a half ERA the two previous years. Well it tells me that he's not gonna have one again. He's like forty years so old. So from two thousand from two thousand fifteen <laughs> to two thousand sixteen his FIP was two point nine two. Walk two per nine with a strikeout per nine of ten. Can he not can he not do that again? If he, if he, I mean, like, it, what, it's not like because the issue of Gregerson last year was just his home run to fly ball rate, career high by 10%, which is just a massive change. So, I mean, if he can get the fly ball rate down, that would be kind of the benefit of Gregerson turnaround. Maybe I'm just really, really pessimistic because it's the Cardinals <laughs> and, and they've been pissing me off all year, but I just don't think that Gregerson is somebody that's going to hold on to a closer role, especially with that manager. I, I don't think that manager can be trusted with anything, to be honest with you. Yeah, without looking too deep into Gregerson it didn't look like he had any like pitch mix changes much of a velocity change last year you know it's possible it was just kind of a bad stroke of luck like the Todd was saying as far as home run per nine I mean if three or four of those don't leave the ballpark and don't score you know two runs a piece or something like that it's possible that his ERA is a lot uh, more manageable the home run per nine I, I read read wrong one but it was 1.9 last year he never had one over 1.78 before that so it was a one pretty much a one point two add. And and when your walk rate when your when your walk rate increases by almost one walk, you know, per nine innings, it doesn't help when you're walking that much more. So right. I guess as like the last pick in your draft if you're playing in an actual saves league, like, you know, but I'm also the guy that's not afraid to take Fernando Rodney. So I mean don't take you know, don't take uh, saves you know, <laughs> advice from me probably. All right. After the break we are gonna come back with some overdrafts and some underdrafts. Hey everybody, it's me, Joe Pizzapia. Baseball is back, and so is the Fantasy Baseball Black Book 2018 edition. This year, I've got Paul Spore doing the starting pitching chapter. I've got Jake Seeley doing outfield profiles. I've got Sammy Reed doing DFS. we got championships waiting for you. Go get it right now, the Fantasy Baseball Black Book 2018, available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle and on iTunes, because once you go Black Book, well, you know the rest. All right, getting back into the show, we've got who in the NL Central is overdrafted on every team. So starting off tonight, we're going to head to the Milwaukee Brewers. Who is getting drafted higher than they should be? Todd, start us off here. It's going to be Ryan Braun, and there's just so many outfielders there, a ton of first basemen, even if they do want him to play first. Uh, Braun's being taken at 102 overall, according to fan tracks, and he's a guy who played 100 games, or 104 games last year, and it's just at 102, there's way too many good outfielder options or first base options if he gains eligibility there. So uh, Braun's my brewer. 100% agree. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um so starting in 2013, I know we have the suspension in there, but these are how many games he played each year. So 61, 135, 140, 135, 104. And then we're going to go with home run output, 9, 19, 25, 30, and 17. Does that sound like a guy you want to take, uh, pick 100 roundabout? There's a lot of guys around that spot where they have way better upside and a way better floor than him. I just don't see it. Keith, 
as a guy who has multiple bronze shares, uh, I'll go ahead and jump in and defend him for just a second. Uh, and it it's kind of comes down to a philosophy thing for me. I don't think injuries and Braun maybe in his type of injuries are the exception to what I consider a rule, but I don't think injuries are predictive in either direction. I don't think you can predict an injury is going to happen or that it won't happen. And so by that term, I just kind of approach injuries as everybody is just as likely as you know the next guy. And so I'm expecting a full season out of Ryan Braun. Maybe that's insane. But it's also should give me a little bit of value if you look at his per game production versus his per season production. Um, and if you did that with a guy like Giancarlo Stanton in 2017, you might have won your league. Now, Ryan Braun's not Giancarlo Stanton. He's not going to be a top 10 overall player. But if you look at his per game production, it still looks very, very nice at the age of 134 or whatever he is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the issue is, is that I don't even think it was that great whenever you look at his per game production. I mean, he had 17 home runs in 104 games. Uh, sure, he had, I guess, the 12 stolen bases is really what makes him at least decently valuable. But is almost his career low in batting average, um, on base percentage, slugging percentage, like basically across the board, like he's deteriorating, it seems like. And I think gears of PED use and things like that come to break your body down. And then ever since he got caught with that, he hasn't had a really good season since. I just don't firmly believe because he had two seasons where he had a 266, 268 batting average. And I just don't think that he's that guy, quote unquote, anymore. And the problem with Braun is that his injuries have kind of been of the soft tissue variety, a lot of um, hamstring injuries. And I know he did have, uh, some ankle issues, but like when the players, when you're 34 and obviously the steroid thing too, can't really help an older player, but uh, I just, it, he, he's so consistently injured and it's just I think you can't ignore it at, at Braun's point okay so the big question here then I'll pose is do you take Braun or Domingo Santana all things being equal you know there's going to be shared playing time where do you go Keith I'm probably before all the the 14 outfielders that Milwaukee signed I'm going Domingo like 100% of the time and I know Domingo is kind of flawed he's got a high a high strikeout rate uh, but he's maintained that high strikeout rate with a good walk percentage and on base and a high Babbitt for like the last three seasons, including his time in the minors. So, but now where it looks like he's potentially the fourth outfielder in that mix, I'm taking Braun over him. Like it's, it, and it's not really close. I think Domingo is probably going to fall to somewhere around like ADP, like 150, unless you hear some like definitive news where he's going to get a legitimate amount of playing time. I think his playing time is going to come from when Braun gets injured. That's fair. And the other thing about it is they're playing Braun at first base and Thames wasn't really healthy the whole season last year as well so i think that they have plenty of bats go around for domingo santana and to answer your question if you're talking apples the apples i take uh domingo santana 100 times out of 100 like keith said earlier i don't put a qualifier on is, <laughs> hold, that, hold, our, hold is on. that our board bet is hold what on you're what saying? you're saying is regardless <laughs> is of playing at? time you think Domingo Santana will outperform Ryan Braun in 2018? Done. I'll take that. Write it up. Put it on the board. All right, well, real, real quick, since probably taking too much time on Milwaukee, uh, I think Thames is the odd man out and the guy that's being overdrafted just based on playing time alone. I agree with that. All right, that's let's... 70? That's insane. That's his, that's his ADP. He was going in like the fifth round last year. Right. Let's, let's head to Cincinnati. Who is overdrafted on the Cincinnati roster? Is it Billy Hamilton? See, if you're making me pick somebody, I mean, that's the only guy that I could pick. Um, as I was saying off off show, it's kind of hard to pick on some of these teams because I really don't think that Cincinnati has guys that are that overdrafted. 
I mean, Luis Castillo might be a guy, but I really like him, so I'm not saying that. Yeah. Todd? Billy Hamilton is mine, too. He's going to steal you a ton of bases, and he's going to hurt you in literally every other category. And he's going 69 right now on um, on fan tracks when you can have Pollock at nice. 55 and Marte at 57 who are going to steal bases and can add in other categories, 10 spots ahead of them. So, nice. Keith? Uh, I'm going to say Scooter tonight. Uh, yep. <laughs> Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that because uh, he's the only guy that you would draft after Odor? <laughs> oh, I definitely take Scooter Tanen over uh, Rudy and Odor. Really? No, oh, probably wow. not. But I mean, like, that's. Oh. I just don't think I want to. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. But I mean, like, I, I won't draft Odor this year. And I don't. I don't even know how you just roped me into this conversation in NL Central talk. But no, I. I don't want to draft Odor or Scooter Jeanette in 2018. Even at pick like 230 for Jeanette, I just it, it's too much, too quickly, and I just don't want to own that type of risk in my lineup. I mean, but at pick 230, it's not even really a risk though. Like he's one of the last players in in most teams, like most standard teams. What do you have, like 250, 270 players? I mean, he's one of your yeah. last picks. He's basically your, your well, I might as well go for it kind of pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like here's the guys that are going around Scooter Jeanette that I would rather own than Scooter Jeanette. They're not all at that position, but I mean like Jose Peraza, right? If he even fakes a high batting average and gets on base at a decent clip, he could steal, you know, 40 bases. I'd much rather own that than Jeanette, who just had the best year of his career and is not going to repeat that at all at Agreed. any point Agreed. in 2018. Hey, that's uh, what people like said Brandon about Carl. Joey Bats for a while, too, though. Joey Bats came out of nowhere and changed what he was doing. It seems like that's what Scooter Jeanette did. I'm not saying that Scooter Jeanette's going to you know, put up 27 home runs again, but he clearly changed something about what he did. And when, when Batista did that, he was about 30 years old whenever he did it, too. And people said, oh, no, yeah. there's no way. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather take Jose Peraza... Andrelton Simmons, Glaber Torres, even Aaron Hicks over, I think, Scooter Jeanette. And they're all going within like 10 or 15 picks. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's head to Pittsburgh. Todd, start us off. Who is overdrafted here? This one's probably the toughest one because Pirates have four guys going in the top 200. So. <laughs> is that good? Uh, well, they've traded away everybody else. Yeah, they're. Not, not a lot of guys to pick from. I think you can make a case that Starling Marte is extremely risky this year. He got busted for steroids. I don't remember exactly, but when he came back, he didn't quite look the same. He had a lower, I believe he had 240 coming off the suspension, and he was back for pretty much the entire second half. So he's a guy whose cap is 15 home runs, so you're banking on a high average in stolen bases, which stolen bases was still there, but the average wasn't. So Starling Marte at 56. Six, I believe that's the guy who might be a little overrated. Phil? He's the same guy I picked, but again, I mean, the same thing he, Todd was just saying. It's, it's If you're making me pick somebody, that's the guy I have to pick because I really yeah. like the other the other guy's values. Keith, you have anybody different? Well, it's definitely not Josh Bell. Josh Bell's not being <laughs> overdrafted this year. Unless you're playing in a league with me, and then I'm going to overdraft him. I, I don't know. I guess it could be Gregory Polanco. I'm not really too intrigued by you know what he has done to this point. I know he comes in with a lot of names value what is his greatest contribution going to be as a top 15 you know 15th round pick 2020 that yeah i mean that's really the whole, he i has mean to, is that a ceiling though 
No, he's twenty thirty, twenty thirty five, maybe even twenty forty. I just don't I know mean, if he's. I don't know if he's had that type of production. Like, and, and his batting average isn't. That's actually bad. His batting average at two fifty two is borderline going to hurt you instead of be just just okay. So, I mean, if I'm going to pick a guy who I think could be twenty twenty with a terrible batting average, like I'd rather take like a Tim Anderson type or a Michael A. Taylor type and save a hundred picks, then like, here's what his last three years production are. If you look at by average. So if you want to be nice and look at it per 162 games, if he played 162 games the last two years, he has 17 home runs and 21 steals at max 162 games. So like, I think best case scenario, you're getting 2020 with a 256 batting average. Like I just don't see like that's enough. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of boring to me. He played through a shoulder injury. Most of last year is one thing that a lot of people didn't realize. So that's where a lot of his power got sapped. And I really think that he has the upside. Man, I know I talked about Bradley Zimmer a lot, but I think these two guys are, are really similar. I think they could, like I said, you know, eventually have a season where, you know, I mean, what is he, 22, 23 right now? Something like that. I mean, nah, maybe he's 24. But anyways, so he, he's really young. I think he has the upside of, like I said, maybe a 20, 25 home run year, 35, 40 stolen base year. So yeah, my thing of Polanco. So in 2015, he stole 27 bases. In 2016, he had 22 homers. So you kind of hope he can put together the 2020 potential. Last season, I mean, he played the whole year through a shoulder injury. He was constantly nagging a hamstring injury too. I think with Polanco, he can become a, cons- a, a consistent 2020 guy in a way of um, he's going to have really bad months and he's going to have months where he looks like the best hitter in baseball. The comp for me would be a Justin Upton with less power and a little bit more speed. So that's kind of where Justin Upton, Polanco, those are guys that for one month, they can just light the world on fire. They look like what they their max potential could be. And then for next month, he's in a one for 40 slot. So depending on what your opinion is of Justin Upton, that's the peak of Polanco, I would say. I just, but, I just don't think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I just – and actually, the, you know – to, to plug some articles here for a second I, I will be doing a profile on him um, a week from now so I'm, I'm going to get the chance to really dig into him and find out if you know on the surface if I'm just being biased because he hasn't produced the last three years or if there's something actually you know deep in the numbers that sustain that type of a breakout so you know I guess we'll see a little bit more here in the future and see if my opinion changes at all Alright well on that tease let's dive into the lineup that's probably got the most overdrafted players the Chicago Cubs Phil, who do you feel is uh, drafted higher than they should be? I don't think it's any question. Honestly, the one guy that's most overdrafted for the Chicago Cubs and it's going to piss a lot of people off is Wilson Contreras. And I don't care because I don't think he has a track record to sustain it. I pulled up his minor league track record. The guy has a 776 OPS in the minor leagues. He had a total of 39 home runs in 517 games. Sure, he was 19, 20, 21 years old whenever he was playing. Guy's 25 now. I don't think that he just came out of nowhere and started jacking home runs and maybe he sustains a little bit of it. I just don't think the average and the home runs and and I don't think he's the full package like people are saying. And people are going to call me a Cubs hater and it's true. I do hate the Cubs, but that's not why I said it. All right, Phil, I have one question for you, okay? Yes. I have one follow-up question. What position does Wilson Contreras play? Ooh, interesting. Well, obviously he plays catcher. What position? Then he's overdrafted. There you go. There you go. All right. Fair enough. I thought it was a trick question for a second. I I thought we were talking about Kyle Schwarber because Kyle Schwarber doesn't play a position. Right. He stands in the outfield and then balls go by him. (laughs) 
All right, Todd, who's uh, who's your pick? Contreras is definitely one of mine, but my second one would probably be John Lester. He's going at 103 overall. He's going ahead of Hendricks, Stroman, Godley, Gray, Price, Hill, just to name a few, Bauer. I think with Lester, we're starting to see decline in his career. I think he's a guy who, if you need to win one playoff game, he can arise to the occasion. But over a full season, I'm not super high on Lester. Uh, his strikeout and walk rates are actually kind of to his career norm, but just last year just didn't look the same and you still have to draft him at what 102 overall him being a cub and all so john lester is kind of my overdrafted guy it's because he's a cub you hate him i get it <laughs> but for real though at least he picked somebody off last year so he's got that in the back pocket now <laughs> finally held yeah. somebody on yeah, if you're playing in pickoff leagues got it's got upside now <laughs> <laughs> Just to put this, I guess, in odd perspective here, uh, looking at the NFBC rankings, he's going 119 on average. Earliest was taken pick 81, latest pick 210. Oh, wow. I would take him at 210. I I might have been in that league where he got picked at 210 (laughs) because he fell and fell and fell, and I can't remember which league it was in. Might even have been a dynasty league, but I mean, he was that guy that sits at the top of the board and everybody laughs at him like an entire draft, and then finally they take him like 100 picks later. But no, I I think it's at the end of a tier for me, and maybe it's a little bit before then, but I'd rather have like a, a really good starting pitcher like an ace best in baseball type starter as in like the the super four that are being drafted or like two of the next probably like 15 starters but once you get into that range where he's being drafted i just don't want a whole lot to do with that group so it's like arietta garrett cole jose brios alex wood john lester luis castillo has creeped up into that group with as much upside as castillo has you're not getting any discount at that price no you're not uh, Keith, any other guys going uh, too high? Lester and Contreras, I think, are being overdrafted. Um, I was I was really hoping that Phil wasn't going to say Chris Bryant because I've started to kind of come around on his upside and he seems pretty stable and, and continuing to grow at the you know the age that he is. So definitely not Rizzo. It's definitely not Bryant, even though they're being drafted pretty high. So you know Contreras makes sense for me. I was catching a lot of heat towards the end of last season because I didn't think his numbers were sustainable. Now we fast forward into 2018 and he's being drafted in the same like range as Gary Sanchez, which I think is just crazy. That's been it's it is it's great like i don't want to i don't want to own gary sanchez just because of the catcher thing but if i was playing in a league where i needed to own a top tier catcher for me it would be gary sanchez or bust i mean right. unless you're playing in like the perfect buster posey you know league where it's like <laughs> overvalues on base percentage hitting singles and not scoring enough runs like then yeah i'd, I'd be all over buster posey but for me it's gary sanchez or bust so Contreras being the second person in that tier makes him overvalued in the first place so All right, let's turn to the St. Louis Cardinals here. Who is getting overdrafted here? Todd? For me, this is kind of another kind of tough one because I think everyone's in a pretty solid spot. So for me, mine's probably Paul DeJong. He's number 10 right now for sure. Styles, 149 overall. With me, uh, he kind of came out of nowhere last year. There wasn't a huge track record. It was just kind of a he benefited from the fly ball revolution a lot. And he's a guy who I could just see fall the wrong way at 10 once the season begins. So the Cardinals are kind of a tough team. There's no one that really pops out, but DeJong is probably the one that I would pick. Keith, who do you have? I really don't have somebody that's being like super overdrafted. Like I agree with Todd as far as the young goes. I just short track record, terrible plate skills. You know, it's it'll be really tough for him 
to continue. He kind of fell off in the second half. His power that he, you know, produced last year is not real power, I don't think. His exit velocity off the top of my head is not anything that's going to, you know, really get you excited. It's just, so I think it's a little bit smoke and mirrors with him. Um, so I, I could definitely get behind that. Um, I guess you could say Marcelo Zuna, maybe, just based off of what incredible year he had last year and and probably due for a little bit of regression. Um, but that's not like a hot take or anything like that. I, I just don't think anybody's really being overdrafted. So I, if I had to pick one, I'd go with the young with, uh, with Todd. And Phil, where do you see? It. The only obvious choice is Luke Gregerson. Oh my gosh. Valid point. <laughs> <laughs> well then, on that note, I guess we'll head to break. Oh man. Alright, coming up after the break, we are going to head into some sleepers in the NL Central. Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t-shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just, it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you have been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. I- CBS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware or on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God. Is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. All right, diving into the last segment here, we are going to get into sleeper territory. These are guys that are being underdrafted or drafted way later than they should be and could be a key piece to your team in your leagues this year. So, Keith, who is your sleeper pick here in the NL Central? All right, if I have to only give you one, which I'm going to give you more than one, uh, then the first one that I want to give you is Josh Bell. He has the type of profile where he has a really secure base. He's got excellent plate skills. He's shown that in the minor leagues. And he's a slight fly ball adjustment away from being a top 50 player in fantasy. And we've, as we've seen the last few years, that adjustment is easier for some players than it is for others. But he also has enough contact built in his profile that he could make that type of adjustment, not lose too much batting average, and incle- increase his slug by like 70 points or, or even 100 points. Like there's a lot of potential for Josh Bell in, in the near future. So um, he's one of them. Can I can I sneak in a few more there, Jeremy? All right. Go for it. All right. I'll go quick. Uh, Jonathan VR is another one that's being drafted around pick 200. A year ago, he was a top 10 fantasy asset. Um, just ask Phil because he drafted him in most of his leagues. So if you can get a bounce back off of him, he's basically Whit Merrifield light in the last uh, thousand at bats for both of those. They have very similar p- profiles, except for VR has more power and he steals more bases. The last one that I'll give you is Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez is like Benintendi of the Red Sox, but he's being drafted 100 or 200 picks later, my biggest concern with him is the playing time. If he locks down that first base position and shares some time in the outfield with St. Louis, I think he has a ton of upside, and I really want to see at least 350 at-bats out of him for this season. Definitely, with him going at pick 300 on average. So, Phil, who's your sleepers? So, the quick hit that I got, so for the Reds, Senzel, Nick Senzel, the guy is going to be a monster.
monster. I just wrote about him on the article that I just posted to the podcast website. I, I, I compared him to Paul Goldschmidt light and now take that with a grain of salt because it was, you know, something that I thought of in the moment. And I just think that he can be a type of hitter that Paul Goldschmidt is, which is a guy that with a good batting average, a guy with a good on base percentage with the high slugging percentage that gives you some power and some stolen bases at the same time. Do I think that he's going to ever hit 35 home runs? Maybe, maybe not. Do I ever think he's going to steal 25, 30 bases? Maybe, maybe not. I think he's going to be a little bit below them in, in those tiers, but at the same time, I think that he's a guy that is going to really impact fantasy teams this year. Todd, what do you have for sleeper? So my guy is Chad Cole for the Pittsburgh Pirates. This guy is probably my sleeper of the year. If anyone wants to make board bets with me, do it with Chad Cole because you'll get his last three months of the season last year. July, he had a 3-2-7 ERA. August, he had a 3-6. And September, October, he had a 3-1-8 ERA in the second half. His pitch arsenal is exactly like Charlie Morton. He has a sinker and a big heavy curveball. Chad Cole is my guy. 9.1K per nine in the second half. I think that's a guy who would be my top sleeper. He's going 112 overall for starting pitchers, 385 overall. So very deep sleeper, but Chad Cole is my guy. All right. The only sleeper I really had was a guy that just never seems to get the draft rapport that he should of late is Jed Jerko. He's a guy who went off for 30 home runs a year ago, high average, high on base percentage. Last year was sitting at 20 home runs, almost a 350 on base percentage, pretty good average, 270 plus steal you a handful or so bases and probably will get eligibility kind of all around the diamond. Somebody to keep on your radar later in the draft, solid third base option if you don't get one of the heavier hitters in the early going. So that's been our review of the NL Central this week. Keith, where can the people find you? All right, you can find me at fantasy underscore Keith. Also, Jesse Winker is another uh, really valuable asset in the NL Central. And I'll be writing <laughs> for uh, fan tracks and other sites. So uh, definitely check out my stuff and uh, follow me on Twitter. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet at me. I'd love interacting with everybody and, and hopefully helping you guys win your leagues. Jesse Winker. <laughs> Phil, where can they find you? I am Phil and I am at the Baseball Jedi. Uh, I just dropped an article on the podcast website, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. ADP values on the draft board as of right now. I'm dropping another one for prospects tonight, hopefully, uh, maybe tomorrow. You know, looking at getting some other articles out. Todd? You can find me at Goldie Happen. All right, I have been Jeremy. I am at Front Office Jer. As Phil said, you can find the podcast at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. I'll be dropping a catcher's article coming up, the interesting solution to the catcher wasteland. Follow the podcast at fanfrontoffice on Twitter, and pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. Also, I don't know if I said anything, but Jesse Winker is uh, is super deep and, and is going to be really valuable. So uh, go Reds. <laughs> All righty, gents. <laughs>